Don't you love that, right? It's like, I didn't want to go. I don't, I don't want to be there. And that's the pathway to this life, right? Mm. It's like not one single human being wants to go where they need to go. Mm. Yeah, right. Right? You will not take yourself there out of your own will. You will kick and scream. You might think you do, but you don't. He has to take you and he has to lead you. And that's why he promises he'll never leave you and he'll be there with you as he does the work, right? Mm. In the crap. Mm -hmm. That's where he was born, right? In the crap with the animals. He wasn't born in this palace, right? The word didn't come to John in the amazing temple with all the stained glass windows. The word came to John in the wilderness. John was this not what you would have thought he would have been, even though he was of the high priestly line, right? He wore this weird clothing and he ate this weird food. You see, Jesus never shows up where you think he's going to show up. That's the point, right? If you've been struggling with this resource, Jesus is in that resource. He is it. You might not think he is. He is. Can you see here the point? He's never where you think he is. But he's right in front of you because he wants you to come to the end of you. He needs you to come to the end of you if you're actually going to become the person he has written that you would become. And that's what I want to talk about today, right? I want to talk about these three words. It is written. What do you notice about that? It is written. It's a statement. It's an absolute. What else do you notice about it? It's a word. It's a word? What do you mean by that, then? It's a fact. Yep. What's it's past tense. What's it not saying? It's in present tense and not past tense. It's actually in both, right? been done. It is. You don't have to do it. Because it is. Right? It's not saying it's being written. It's not saying, oh, by the way, you write it. It's saying it is written. Who wrote it? Jesus himself, right? Because all things have come through him. Nothing has come into being that has not come into being apart from him. So you don't need to do anything, eh, Bronnie? Apart from receive what already is. But for that to happen, that means you've got to get out of you trying to write something and get into what is already written. There must be a transition from you maybe trying to write your own story and be the author of your own life 
to relinquish that and actually allow the author of the story to become the author of your life. You don't need to write anything. You don't need to do anything. You don't need to create your own purpose. You don't need to go looking for your own will. You don't need any of that. In fact, that stuff needs to go. Whose story is it? So the question then becomes is, am I in his story or am I trying to write my own? And if I'm writing my own, then I'm putting my own context to it. If I'm writing my own, I'm actually my own God. And that will bring life or death. But it'll be painted up as life, right? Because I'm the author of my story. My story will sound amazing all in accordance to my context and what I want my story to be. But the only problem is there is already a story that has been written before the foundations then of the earth, which means before I ever began. So I wasn't even there when the story was written. What does that mean to you and me? Amazing. How much of his story do I know? How much of his story am I actually passionate about? Or is the passion of my story taken over his story? Or do I read his story through my story lens and make me the main character in the story? Which means I'm never seeing things that are there. I'm seeing what I want to see. And I'm believing what I want to believe. And then I formulate the patterns of my story around that too. Right? So I draw people based on what I think, what I believe it all is. I build my own thing and I help others build their own thing. And together we build this thing in his name. But is it in his will, in his power, in his life? And does it create and produce the life he says that we can have from his story? Or is it actually my life, which is really death, painted up as life and I'm hoodwinked? trying to enter into this thing that I never enter into, and the years go by, right? The years go by, 66 years go by. I've raised in a system, it's not called Catholicism, it's called the flesh, which is in here, any form where man is, is flesh, right? So don't think, call yourself a Pentecostal, that the flesh doesn't exist in that. The denominations are just flesh. There's only spirit, or flesh. Denominations have caused division. I do not read about denominations in Jesus' teachings. They should not exist. It's called spirit, spirit, spirit. It's called one, one, one. But man goes, no, no, let's have denominations. And let's divide it all up where we'll find our nice little part because we are creating our story. We are the author of our own story and we write the book and we're always the center of it. And it always ends up well for us. The problem with that is you will always be disappointed. You will never be fulfilled. You will be disillusioned. And you will be outside of life. And that is what is so sad and breaks his heart. Because he created you for more and much more than that. He created you to be in his story. Right? Psalm 139.16 says this. Just allow these words to penetrate your heart. 
Your eyes, meaning God's eyes, have seen my unformed substance. And in your book, God, God's book, right, were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one. So his days were written before, for you before there was yet one. Which means what? For you. Say what? No need to worry. No need to worry. He knows all things. You're an accident. Are you? Who created you? Your mum and dad? So what does that mean for you? Chosen. You're chosen. Before you ever arrived, before you had a chance to breathe, before you ever made one mistake that you thought was it, right? How can anyone love me? How can I come back from that? Do you know what I've done? Do you know what I've done? Do you know God doesn't really care about what you've done or haven't done yet? You know, he loves you beyond that because before you had a chance to make any mistake, he created you in his story and he said it's written. Do you know this would set the world, the church free from the spirit of rejection? If you got this one truth, you would never struggle with rejection, identity, jealousy, lack. Because you know, I don't mean no, I mean you know that you're his. We're talking about God, guys, right? We're talking about the creator of everything. Said, I, before you ever had a chance to breathe, I have marked your days, which means you have been predestined. You're not predetermined, but you've been predestined. Do you know the Bible says that in Acts 17, 28, that we were chosen to land here together at this particular time, that we would actually be living like this and becoming the church of this generation. Nothing's an accident. You and I are not islands unto ourselves. If I make one decision that affects you, good or bad, if I chose to quit, we're not here today. Right? If you choose to quit, you're not here today. So I'm missing out. That's why I said I want to be fed from you as much as I'll feed you. I want to be encouraged. I need encouragement, right? I need food too. Because we're connected. My decisions affect you. Your decisions. But we don't think like this because we're not in his story. But that's what his story says. Paul lived never knowing you and me. But he gave his life for us. Right? Jesus did the same. Those who hear this word because it is written. So the challenge and the question is, what side are we on? Your own or his? Do you know what is written that is still to be fulfilled? And if we don't, then we're not living for it. Simple. We're living outside of 
actually running in our own lane, thinking we're in his lane, asking him to bless our lane, and he's going, why aren't you blessing my lane? Why isn't this happening, God? Why isn't this happening, God? Why is this happening to me, God? God's like going, probably because you're not necessarily running in the lane you're supposed to be running in, and you're actually trying to create another lane, and I'm just hoping you're going to come to the point of realising that at some point, and you'd stop and start moving towards the predestined lane, the it is written story that I've created you to live in and from. Which means you and I can live what? Ahead of the game. You and I can be completely prepared and ready for everything that's coming on earth. Do you know what's coming on earth? Because it is written. And are you preparing the house and those houses around you for what is coming and what is already written? Because it's not going away. And no measure of fake faith can change it. Faith will be preparing for it because it sees it, because it's in the it is written realm, because it's an absolute statement. It already is. It's going to happen. You cannot change it. This is to change you and is to prepare you for what is coming on this earth. Did you ever think you would live in a day where a leader of a nation would get up and say, I can't answer the question what a woman is? That is serious, guys. That is not just, oh yeah, oh yeah, I don't know. No, no, what is a woman? Well, they haven't had the chance to prepare the answer yet. <laughs> so we're in days that are unlike no other days. Or are you just doing your thing? Unaware of the days that actually are. And you're like, oh yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Whatever. You don't want to be living like that, right? Do you know the disciples live like that? For three and a half years, the disciples were outside of the written realm, correct? You don't know? They were. Come with me to Matthew 26, 31. Anybody want to ask a question for any clarity? Make a statement? Want to leave? <laughs> All of the above you can do. Matthew 26, 31 to 35. This is so important. So we are catching up. We're not creating. God doesn't need three creators. He is the creator. Who are we? So the creation doesn't need to create. The creation just needs to flow with the creator of what has already been created because it's finished. And it was finished before it ever began. This is incredible good news. If you don't think this is good news, I would ask you to reconsider your point because this means I don't have to do anything. And you've probably been all being brought up, there's all these things we have to go, there's all these things we have to do to change the world. We've got to get out there and change them. No, you don't. Tell me where that says that in here. And I'll believe you. But that's not what this says because we're in our own story. We've created this narrative. Mm -hmm. And it's a very works-based, functional-rooted-based, fleshly-based message which keeps us highly active, running around, very busy, 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 but not in life. Yeah. Do you know how I know that? Because at one point in time I preached it. 
And God told me off for it. Out of love and said, son, I want to show you my way because you think this is my way and it's not. And I'm going to show you which everyone has to receive. That's true repentance, right? Repentance is not saying sorry for getting something wrong. Repentance is where God shows you you've been running the wrong way. He shows you and that empowers you to turn and now run the right way. It's not, I'm, I made a mistake. No, it's more horrific than that. It's like, oh my goodness, I've been doing something, thinking it was you and your way, and you're showing me it's not. So I'm never coming back here again. That's what repentance is, right? I'm never coming back to this point again. I will be a trillion miles that way away from the point that I turned from and ran from. That's true repentance. If you haven't experienced that, you haven't experienced repentance. You've just been sorry for something, probably behavioural, which is okay, but God said, no, it's way more serious than that. We're not talking about behaviour, we're talking about root issues of nature here that wants to create your own story. And this was in the disciples like it's in us, because it's born in us and he has to rip it out of us. We cannot take it out of ourselves, right? So we all have an imposter in us who wants to write his own story, but it's not who you are. It's not who you've been created to be, but you've been poisoned with him or it. Do you believe that? And you don't just get out of it by saying, I pray a prayer. It's a spiritual condition, not a natural one. So something of the spirit, like Bronnie is testifying to, has to happen, right? She's trying to do the work of the Spirit for four years because she's hearing of the work in the Spirit in others, but her interpretation of that is, I need to do it because that's been the filter she's grown up with. Mm. Wrong. Mm. He does it. You have to surrender to it. So you can never enter into that testimony unless he does a work in you, which then brings you into a oneness of the testimony. You don't say yes to it through reading a book and going, that's mine. That's a fatal mistake we make. You cannot read this and go, yes, that's mine, because it's not a textbook. It's a testimony of a work of Jesus in the authors. Just like you can't claim my testimony today, right? You can't claim what he's done in me. I can't claim what he's done in you. You have to receive it. What he wants to do in you, which brings us then into oneness, outside of that, we're in two. Which is why we have denominations and division in the body, because we're not one, we're actually two, and he wants to make us one. Because we don't start in one, we start out of oneness. Want to ask me a question? I'm trying to stop and pause. It's challenging, right? It confronts and it needs to because it needs to expose what's in. So he exposes it to expel it, then bring you into it is written. Okay? So, with that context, listen to these words. Then Jesus said to them, the disciples, You will all fall away because of me this night. So they're going to fall away because of him. Sometimes we go, oh, no, you don't fall away because of Jesus. You do. When he comes and challenges your flesh, right? I haven't come to bring peace. I can't bring a sword. Why do you think I come to bring peace? Where'd you get that from? Oh, I'll tell you your story. 
I am peace. There's no peace, so I actually don't come to bring peace. I come to bring a sword which cuts, divides between flesh and spirit, and only in the spirit do you find the peace of the kingdom. But before that happens, I've got to do some surgery here. I've come to set a man against his father and father against his father. Well, Jesus is not into family now. Hey, you're really settling there. What are you talking about? He comes to divide a family. Hey, 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 come on. Yeah, he comes to divide the natural and the spiritual. He comes to divide the bloodline and the spiritual line. He's not interested really in bloodline. You're not my mum. You're not my dad. You're not my brother. Those guys over there are. Those who do the will of my father. They're my family. Let's set the standard really clear to my people. Let's get out of earth and get into the eternal, which is on earth, and let's really start to live what I've called you to, which is a standard beyond all of you. And I want to bring you into my written realm, which is what he's doing here, okay? He's telling them. Like we're not just talking about anybody. We're talking about Jesus Christ, who was at the beginning, who is the author of the entire story. So why would you wrestle and argue with the dude who wrote the book? When you're not even there. So do you have that revelation, that knowledge of Jesus? And if you don't, you're going to fight with Jesus. You're literally going to reject Christ thinking you're not. Because his way is too powerful for you. Well, it's actually not even hard. It's impossible. So Anne said, it's too hard. And I went, no, it's too impossible. Because if it's too hard, you can really try hard, right? But if it's impossible, you never even try And the problem is we go, it's too hard, so let's try harder. Yep. He's going, no, it's impossible, so stop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know how to stop. Right. I know, that's the problem. Yeah, that's the <laughs> All I know is how to do. do I know, do. that's the problem. <laughs> but the promise is right in front of you today. Like, I'm not saying, here's the problem, see you later. I'm going, here's the problem, but here's the promise. Yeah. So I'm bringing the promise with the problem to identify it so you can believe, because I'd leave you hopeless if that was the case, right? And I don't do that. I come to transition you from here to here. But I'm going to say something and your response is going to tell me whether you know me and whether you believe me or whether you know you more than me and whether you believe you more than me. And this is what's playing out right here. Like it's as clear as clear if you know what you're looking at, right? The Spirit shows you what's going on and you then know you're in the story. So don't just put Peter, put Greg. Right? You're a character, guys. You're either a character in your written story or you're a character in his story, but you are a character in some story. Yeah? If I asked you what you did yesterday, you could tell me because you're writing your story. The choices you make are you're writing your story. Do you want to go to the left or the right? Choices of death or life, you're writing your narrative. Why don't you write a good one by getting in his one and let him write it where? On your heart. And on your mind, because that's where the Holy Spirit wants to write it, right? Not in a book. He wants to take what's written in a book and write it on the tablets of your heart and your mind through his power. So then you become the true person you're created to be in his story. You start discovering who you actually are. You start discovering who he actually is. You actually start discovering the way he builds and his patterns and his heart for the church. 
Oh my goodness, it's amazing. You actually lose you and you lay hold of him because what you're holding on to has no value and everything he's going to show you has all the value and you're like, this doesn't get any better. My life, man, I'm telling you, for 24 years has been amazing. If you don't know me, I was divorced, broken at the age of 27, never thought I'd have a family, never thought I'd get married, because no one wants to marry an un, a divorcee. This is my thinking, right? I'll never have what I thought I might have. And I come as a broken ashes to one who came into my workplace and goes, I'll take that crap and I'll give you my beauty. Like it's a moment, it's a moment in time, right? And it's like, who are you? Not because you read a book, not because you went to a service, not because someone told you about him. You're meeting the Lord Jesus Christ in the flesh, in your heart and mind, and you know you've encountered love. You've started in his story because for 29 years, I was in my story. I'm never, ever going back to that. That was dead, man. How many days was Lazarus in the tomb? And there was a 29 years. I stunk. Four days, 29 years, man. I was pongy. Because <laughs> she knew me. <laughs> right? There was a group of us at James Smith, right? Cena was there. That's how I knew Cena before the rock. Before Jesus is what I really mean, right? They'd have some good nights down at the old bar there eh, with a whole group of people and the bourbon and cokes and all that sort of stuff. Living out our story, thinking we were in the story, not realising we were dead. Dead people walking, thinking they're in life, creating this love. And where did it end you? Where did you get? Where did that take you, Greg? To the end of yourself, Greg. And it was awesome. And I'm so thankful, but I ain't never going back there. Peter hasn't gone there yet. What you're about to look at, Peter's not gone there. He will go there. Right here, right? Jesus said to them, you will all fall away because of me this night, for it is... Where's it written, guys? Specifically. No, tell me specifically. Where is it written? Yeah, no. Tell me, yes, but tell me specifically. Someone wrote it down. Who wrote it down? No? Well, sort of, yeah. No, yes, but no. God gave it to someone who literally went and went and... Well, have a look at your Bible, will tell you. The thing's telling you. Go do a study. I'm not going to tell you. But a prophet of old wrote it down. Right? Yes. You need to know this. It's like if you don't know this, then you're probably living outside of the story because you need to know. Guys, we need to be disciples, right? Not just crowds. He's looking for students of himself. So 
How many have worked really hard to get the job you've got? That doesn't even cut it when it comes to being a disciple of Jesus. We spend all this time and energy and focus on earth. And we work really hard to get what we want of earth, right? And we don't take that and transition that to becoming a disciple. And then we wonder why we're not in life. Like it says, the disciples are to be like the master. You and I are to become like Christ, right? So we're not just saying we're people who are Christians. We are Christ-like disciples. This is what the men are going to look at at the retreat. So I'm giving you a bit of a snippet right now, right? It's easy to say, I'm a man who's a Christian. I'd rather be a Christian than be a lost person. But that's not the standard. We've made that the standard. He said, what do you mean you're a Christian? I want you to be like me. Because I was a man like you. So what you're seeing is not me in my Godhead. You're seeing me as a man who was under the Godhead. Filled with the Godhead. Empowered by the Godhead to live a life that I'm calling you for. So you know when your day comes to lose your life for my son's sake, I pray that you will not enter into the temptation to run. And I'm certainly hoping you're not telling me a whole lot of dribble about what you think is, and I'm telling you, no, it's not, Steve. Because Peter's talking a whole lot of dribble. We talk a whole lot of dribble, thinking we're being really wise. Do you think Peter thought he was talking dribble here when he said this? Peter said to him, even though all may fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Do you think he's talking dribble? Yes, no? Do you think Peter's talking dribble? Do you think he knows he's talking dribble? No. Sorry, so the question was probably not right. Right? So he's talking dribble, but he doesn't think he's talking dribble. I've never thought I'd talking dribble until he shows you you're talking dribble. Right? You always think you're right until you're shown you're wrong. That's the nature of us. I know more than anyone. That's in us, right? That's because we write our own story. So Jesus says this, but they can't hear what he's saying, right? Like they're listening to him, but they're not hearing him. Are you hearing me or are you listening to me? I'll say it again. Are you hearing me or are you just listening to me? I hear you. So he says, look, it is written, I will strike down the shepherd. This is Jesus. And the sheep of the flock shall be scattered. All right, so here's this news. But after I have been raised, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. Two amazing statements of truth. Absolutes because he's speaking from what already is written. He's not making it up. He's not quoting it. He's not going, I think, I feel, I think this. He is directly quoting what was written in blood by Zechariah. So it's going to happen. Which means they need to be awake because it's coming and they're completely unaware because then Peter says, even though all of these guys may fall away, I'm not. Like, I'm the man. 
Are you fighting the Word of God? Are you creating another version of the Word of God? Are you rejecting and denying and deflecting and justifying the Word of God? All for a better story. Or are you hearing the Word of God? Is the Word of God penetrating your spirit and your mind, doing such a work within you that it transitions you from you into Him in you, and you start now going, yes, Lord, oh my goodness, so I'm not only getting prepared for your death, I'm getting prepared for your resurrection. So by the time you actually arrive in Galilee, I'm going to be there waiting for you. Not back at fishing. What are we doing here, ladies? Why are we looking for the living among the dead when the dude told you he wouldn't be here? And why have you spent the entire night spending money and resources and time on spices for a body that would never turn up? Oh, by the way, it was prepared before it even died. This is us going, no, we're not. I'm telling you, out of love, it's us. Until he does something and you realise, oh, my goodness. Then you have a thirst and a hunger for what you never know because you're now brought into a reality that what you, I don't know what I ought to know. What have I been missing? Well, let me show you. But it confronts, it challenges, it exposes, and it needs to, to bring us into, it is written you can't live out of alignment to what this is and expect life guys everything is based on the conditions that he sets before the foundations of the earth right no do you not set conditions in your own home you live in a world full of conditions correct but we somehow come to god's kingdom and we think we'll create the conditions because we don't know what's written. We don't know what's here. We don't cherish and value what he's given us enough. And this is the disciples because I've got this main guy called Peter who Jesus said, right, man, you're going to be this, this and this. But at the moment we're here and to get for me to get you from here to here, there's something that's got to take place. And right now, you're actually talking gibberish. You're actually talking a whole lot of rubbish. But it's okay, but it's not. But you're going to find out how much you don't know. And you're going to be found out in your words on a day. And I'm going to lead you to that place. Like, how good is he? Like, how good is God? that he takes people that tell him what he says isn't true, create the story, and he's still there. Would you hang around? Only love can hang around, right? And that's why what you're seeing and demonstrating, he goes, but you're to become like this. Like, there's not to be this gap between what you see and what you live, what I live and what you live, because you're to become like me. And that same love as me is to be in you, right? Because I'm asking you, I'm commanding you to love one another like I love you. The standard is beyond us. But in him it's fully possible. But not if I'm still trying to bring myself up to the high mountain. Why do you think he went up to the high mountain and taught the Beatitudes? Like I said, he went up to a high mountain and spoke this message which was impossible for man to understand, right? 
And what does the first beatitude start with? In his story. Which none of us are. And you can't even make yourself humble. But yeah, we're going to try, right? We're going to try real hard because we'll wash each other's feet and we'll think we're humble. Wrong. You may wash feet and you may be humble, but washing feet's not the sign of humility. Humility is a being thing before it's a doing thing. But out of a being, there will be an expression of humility. But unless you're in the being, forget it. You're just copying patterns. Which means you're still in your own story. And he's got to get you out of your story into the already written story. So then it says this. Jesus said to him, okay, you're not hearing me the first time. I've got to go again. How many times does Jesus go again? And again. And again. And again. And again. How many times does Paul go and again? And again. And again. It does me no harm to say the same thing again. And again. And it, why does he have to repeat himself? Love, though, right? Love. Only love can go again and again and again and again and again and again and again. Love never fails to love because love is patient. I'm not naturally patient. So that's why I don't pray for patience. I pray for the revelation of love in me, then I'll be patient. I'm not naturally kind. I'm selfish and self-centered. So I have to pray for love to not be selfish and self-centered, right? Jesus said to him, truly I say to you that this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. I'm going to tell you what's happening because I wrote the story. And I'm the author, so you can't change my story. It's going to happen. (coughs) Peter then said to him, even though I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And all of the merry men said the same thing. (laughs) Because all the merry men were of what? And one was of the... And spirit and flesh, they don't get on, right? Galatians tells me they're in opposition to one another. And so you can't have this yin and yang thing. It's either spirit or flesh. So flesh has many forms, right? Many things painted up. Do you know there's multiple flesh, but there's only one spirit, one way. Only one way in here... Many here. So when you try one way over here and don't work, you go try another way, right? No? And you go through trying to exhaust all the ways to life. Okay, it's a girl. No, it's not a girl. Okay, it's a job. No, it's not a job. Okay, it's sport. No, it's not sport. Okay, it's money. Right? You go around the mountain. Jesus is walking with you. (laughs) You'll be coming around that mountain. He goes, I'm here. My kingdom's at hand. My kingdom's at hand. Are you ready? No, no, I'm still going. I'm still exhausted. All the options and all the things that have life, that I perceive have life. 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. Starting to get a bit weary here. Not physically tired. We had this conversation with Andrew yesterday. Inside, I'm getting weary and heavy laden. I'm not physically knackered. I'm actually starting to, my operating system is starting to come to the end of itself. You know why? Because I spent 40 years trying to exhaust life in everything but life himself. If he tells you he's life, then why are you looking for life in everything else that's not telling you it's life? There's only one person that said their life. There's a big clue there, right? 
but we don't hear it in a way we need to hear it. We go this, but I've got life. Fickle? Does your life reflect life then? Or have you actually hoodwinked yourself? Do you say one thing, but your actions and your life is a completely different reality, which means that's hypocrisy, and there's a massive gap between what you say and what you live. But Jesus never lived that way, right? Now his love is covering that, but his love wants to come and crucify that, because life produces life produces life. So you can't say you're in this life of Christ and not have evidence of backing it up. You're a liar, and the truth is not in you if that's how you live. Those are not my words. Those are the words of John. Right? And that's a challenge, isn't it? So he goes, I don't want you living like that. I don't want you living outside of design. I don't want you living out of how Psalms said I created you to live. Man, I sent my son that you would not have to live like that another minute. But you are going to deny me three times before that rooster crows. And you're going to tell me you're not, but I'm going to tell you are. But I'm going to walk with you. So grab your stuff. We're now going into the temple. Actually, we're going to go to the garden first. So bring that sword. Ah, let's go look at that, shall we? Come across to verse 51. This time, 12, 11. <clears throat> so this is Matthew 26, 51. And behold, one of those who were with Jesus reached and drew out his sword and struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his ear. I don't know why Matthew didn't name Peter. <laughs> Maybe he's feeling guilty. Maybe Peter had something, I'll stab you if you name I don't know. <laughs> then Jesus said to him, put your sword back into its place, for all those who take up the sword shall perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once put my disposal more than 12 legions of angels. So once again, Jesus knows what he can call upon, but Jesus knows the story. Correct? Yep. You're not making it up. It's fulfilling itself. How then will the scriptures be fulfilled which say it must happen this way? The scriptures need to be fulfilled they will be fulfilled because it's going to happen this way. So what are you doing cutting off the dude's ear? What are you doing trying to protect me? Thinking you're doing a good thing, but it ain't a God thing. You know good is the evil of God, right? Yeah. <laughs> we substitute good for God all the time. <clears throat> oh, but it's good. Yeah, but it's not God. That's right. That's right. So do you think Peter's doing a good work? In his own mind. Because he's protecting his Messiah. But didn't Jesus say to him somewhere in there, you set your mind on man's interests, not on God's interests, when I told you this must happen because I need to go to Jerusalem and die. So why are you getting up in my face and rebuking me? How come you didn't learn, Peter, when I told you you're setting your mind on man's interests and now we're in the garden and the same issue is happening again? Because you're hard of heart and you're hard of hearing, but I love you. Is this the Jesus that you know? <clears throat> I hope it is. Because he's a lion and he's a lamb and he's a lamb and he's a lion. But we paint him up as this little soft cuddly toy. And he never speaks like this, right? 
because he always speaks so softly and how I love you and it's okay. It's okay that you don't love me and it's okay that you actually deny me and it's okay that you're going to betray me. Oh, it's okay. Let me give you a hug. Come on, let's just... Okay. We'll see you in hell maybe. Oh, here we go. I don't... But guys, we need to wake up for who he really is. These are words, right? He is rebuking. Do you know what that word means? He's rebuking and Peter's rebuking him. And he's telling him, you're not in my story. You're going to be a character, but you're not yet living in accordance to what's written. And I need to do a big, big work within you for you to actually fully realize who you are in my story. How come you don't know? How come we don't know? I think it's because we're seeking other things. I think it's because we're actually in love with other things. Mm. And we actually desire other things more. Let's be real. Mm. We desire ourself and our things more because we know those things. Right? And this is the wrestle and this is the challenge. And this is why he told me to write the wilderness thing. Which is actually not a new thing. It started in 2010. Because I want to take my people into the wilderness because I need to test their heart to show them what's in it. And I need to make them understand something. What did he need to make us understand? And what does he still need to make us understand? That. What's the scripture say? I need to make you understand Deuteronomy 8, Matthew 4 and Luke 4, that man does not, because it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but what? Every word that comes forth out of the one who wrote the story, right? So what food are you living on? I've got to take you out of your crap, out of your religious garb, out of your ceremony, out of even your things that you think are mine, and if they are mine, cool, but I'm going to take you out of this stuff and come with me. We're going into this wilderness where you're going to think there's nothing out here and there's nothing man-made in the wilderness, but there's everything of the eternal there, and I'm going to take you out of you to make you understand that what you're living on ain't cutting it compared to how my story and how I've written you to be. Because I've called you to live something you cannot live. So I need to do this work in you. I need to make you understand. I need to make you understand. I, God, need to make you, Greg, understand that you cannot live on bread alone. You cannot live through Daniel. You cannot live through kids. You cannot live through anyone else. You cannot live through the things you're checking. You cannot live and be who I've called you to be if you're eating that. So I've got to take you to a place that you don't want to go, Greg. There's nothing in you, Greg, that wants to go where I need to take you. That's why my power is going to take you and I'm going to show you. And then as I show you, you'll want to go because I'm not showing you where I'm taking you. I'm showing you what's beyond where I'm taking you. And then you'll let go of this rubbish that you think is life and you will run. You don't need the cross after the cross has done its work. Stop 
thinking you've got to die, 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 die. You've got to live, 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 live. You get crucified once, then your mind gets renewed. So it's not pick up your cross daily and then you think, I'm gonna. no, you pick it up because where are they going? To die. So grab your cross if you're not dead. Come on, let's go. But once you're dead, you put your cross down and you walk into life. You've got all these Christians like thinking they're being humble, carrying it. You're an idiot. And I mean that in love, but you're an unwise virgin. Because you read this through your own mind, you're in your story, and you paint this and you teach it, and everyone believes it. So you've got all the mess over there going, I've got to die to self, I've got to die to self, I've got to die to self, I've got to die to self. I'm like, can someone just live? I thought the message was about life, not death. The problem is, right, we're trying to do it without the power of God. We're trying to do it in ours. That's how you get all this rubbish. And so you get these people with no power trying to be Christians, and they can't because you're saved by what? And what's grace? Covering the power. Right. So power raises you from death to life because you were dead. The problem is you've got the Christians, they think they're living, they need their cross. You've got to realize you're dead. You start dead, not alive. You are dead in something else and you cannot get out of it. You're stuck in the miry clay. So you've got to cry out from the miry clay and be lifted out by the power. But no, no, we'll get ourselves out of it. Through our hard work and our effort and our religiosity and our yes and amen on a Sunday and by doing some missions and maybe doing some stuff, right? No? We're all guilty of it, aren't we? Because none of us are good. And every one of us need to have this go through this. So he's got to take you where you don't want to go to his story. And he says, can you go together? Because when you want to run some norm, someone's going to grab you. Cena's going to grab you, right? And not let you run. No, no, it's cool, I got this. I can do this on my own. I will come after you. And she will. I can do this on my own. No, that's your problem, Greg. This is what the guys went through. But he's going to love them to get them to where he's getting them to. Anyone want to ask me a question? Anyone offended? Anyone want to hit me on a run, never coming back? That's okay. That is okay. Jesus is going to piss plenty of people off, right? It's your... He's going to. That's what he did. He upset the apple cart. You realise this, right? He turned up into the most demonic place on earth called the Sanhedrin and went, what have you guys all done? He said, you'll be persecuted because of me. When you stand for truth, not what's true, not what's right and wrong. Stop trying to lead people to right and wrong. We're so morally bent. I'm sick of it, guys. I'm sick of this moral Christianity that's like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Is if moral Christianity is the standard. The standard is not not doing the wrong thing. The standard is get in faith and then live a life of faith. And you know what? You won't do wrong stuff. But while you make it about right and wrong, you're missing the entire point and you are sinning. Because anything not done by faith is a sin. So while you might not be behaviorally doing this and this, you know what you're doing? You're in unbelief and sin because you're not living by faith. If it was about being morally correct, I'm not here today. David's not here today. Paul's certainly not here today. That's right. 
None of you are good enough. But in my story, I'm going to make you perfect. I'm going to restore all things back to the Garden of Eden, where home really is, which is as himself. I'm going to bring you into oneness, because you were born out of, right? But at the beginning, in you were born in, in Christ before the foundations of the earth, but start life outside of that, so you've got no idea who you are. If, if Christ is concealed from you at the start, you're, con you're concealed from you, right? Mm -hmm. So you only know who you are if you know who Christ is. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense? Should I say that again? Yeah. You're born out of... Before the foundations of the earth, you're born in Christ. Yeah. But you don't know that. Right? So you're born in Christ. You're born... When you're born, you're not born in Christ, you're born out of Christ, right? Because you're a sinner. So you'll never know who you are unless you know who he is because when you were born, he was concealed from you. But you were born in him. So your identity and purpose is found in him. So if you don't know who he is, stop trying to find out who you are. Isn't that the spirit of the age? Who am I? Well, I don't know if I'm male, female, black, white, pink, yellow, a cat now. I really don't know who I am. So, well, take these pills, take these pills. That'll block this. This will do this. It's demonic. Yeah. And the enemy is having a field day and the church is like, oh, you want to get part of that. No, guys, recognize what's going on, right? We don't know who we are. We've got young people who have no idea who they are. So they're getting all their identity. Do you know Christianity is the only identity you receive? You don't try to figure it out. You receive it. You don't work it out. He has to show you because you're born out of Christ. So as you get in Christ and stay in Christ and abide in Christ through the power of the Spirit, not through the mind, you start figuring out who He is, who you are, His story, the purpose He has for you in His story, which is His purpose, how you fit in a body, not as an individual, and you leave this individualistic life and it, leave it behind and you become part of a family called the body of Christ who has a father and you don't call anyone else father or leader or teacher because he's all those things to you but you're one with them and you know how to come under and then you live and it's the design but it's only found in the it is written story so if I'm still trying to write my story and create how this all works I'm outside of it thinking I'm in it but all you are is covered. So love's covering you, but love's got to get in you, and their love has to form love in you, so you're able to love the way he loves. And you know how that is tested, right? When you're tested. When you're tested. I can't do this. Now who, um, Bonnie's humanity can turn up to the neighbour and try, and she could have gone through that process and begrudgingly go, I really want to be here. Coming. Right? But did you hear her testimony? Did you hear of what Jesus did in her that empowered her? And like, I'm enjoying cleaning up the 10-foot dirt on this woman's kitchen who's a hoarder. And I'm enjoying... Rewind. But what happened? And without that, we're going to live a very human standard of love and life and light. And if you're happy with that, that's cool, right? That's the free choice. I'm not. 
So if you hang around me, I'm either going to annoy you, repel you, or attract you. Because this is all I know. This is all I've known for 24 years. This is all I know. Life, 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 life. I've never known death, meaning I've got to die to self. I've got to die to self. I've never known that message. I died, got raised up, and from there it's been life, life, life. I have known renewing of the mind. I have known tests, right? Take that thought captive, but I've never known not trying to live. I've never known not, I'm trying to die to myself. What, I don't even know what that is. I know it's impossible. And that's the problem. That's the problem with the church. We're still trying to do something we can't do instead of realising we can't and then falling on our faces and no matter how long it takes, no matter what he asks you to do, you've got to go there. You've got to go there, right? And you will be forever thankful. And you'll remember it because it'll be so life-turning and life-changing. You're like, the day that I got rescued out of trying set my feet on a hill, put a new song on my mouth, and this trying thing's gone. Like it's... <laughs> like it is... It's not good news, man. It's great news. And it brings you into his story. And I understand it's probably not a message we've probably heard that often, right? Because the message is you go find your individual purpose, God has a purpose and a destiny for you, and there's this labyrinth of information around that. <coughs> but if I was to ask you, have you found this thing yet that you've been chasing? <coughs> so the, your operating system, has it produced the life that you can sit here and go, I'm in the abundant, overflowing life of the Spirit that Jesus Christ promised me if I abide in Him? And if not, then there's something wrong, right? You have to just look in the mirror and go, man, I'm thankful that you love me. I thank you that you're making me realize of a reality. So, Lord, today's the day. Mm. It's too good not to be in it. And it's too good for me not to bring it. Mm. Because it would be selfish to hold it and not bring it. And love doesn't do that, right? Love has to bring it. No matter what the cost to itself, love has right. to bring it. Because it's too precious and too valuable not to. But you can't contain it anyway. It's going to make its way out of you. That's what I got. <laughs>